Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. I'm Lisa Berry here with Dr. Frank Anderson. Very grateful that you're listening to another episode. Is this number 50? Episode 50. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations to you. I love having these conversations and learning from you and talking about awareness and the many different applications it has in our lives. And this episode, we want to talk about unity. What do you think about that? I'm so glad you brought that up, Lisa. We have a had an episode on unity per se. And so the 50th episode seems like a good time to do that. And unity. Unity. And I really appreciate too the opportunity that we have to have these conversations and bring these topics up and explore them in, in depth that sometimes you can't get from a Twitter tweet. <laughs> right. You know, sometimes 240 characters is not enough space to really understand the hows and whys of some really, I think, inspirational spiritual quotes. But I've been reading a lot of them this week and just thinking about people who haven't been meditating for the last 20 years and whether or not some of these ideas can percolate deep inside. And how do you do that? And what kind of space do you need to do that? And so I'm always interested in the how. And we've been talking about the how for, you know, 49 episodes, and we'll talk about it today as well. But when we talk about unity, you know, it's not just about how do we do something, but I mean, what is unity and what, what's the implication for that? And so we've been talking, you know, for the last 49 episodes about exploring awareness and how to explore awareness and working on a lot of the things that, that we need to do ourselves to understand. But I think being at episode 50 and we're talking about unity and that kind of goes beyond just ourselves and just our own journey with exploring awareness and and brings this whole practice out into a larger realm, a realm that is really interesting, really broad, really wide, and gives us a great opportunity to kind of take our practice from our individual selves to kind of a a larger feeling. When we talk about unity to you, does that mean like unity, togetherness, and in peace and harmony? Or is it even bigger, like we are all one, that type of unity? Actually, Lisa, before we get into that, I was curious, you said unity had come up a lot this week for you. Mm-hmm. Where was that coming from? I don't know. Every time I read something or heard someone speaking or I just kept, I love how that will happen. That certain words will just keep coming to me in repetition and different forms. And I read a lot and I look for things and I listen to a lot of, of presentations on YouTube from Alan Watts or different philosophers. And unity was just a word I kept hearing. And whenever I, it's like, it's like an instant reaction to me. When I hear the word unity, I feel like I, I can breathe and it brings me peace because it's such a great word. I mean, 
really, what can you say negative about unity? No, it really is, in a lot of ways, a goal. Yeah, so you've been seeing the word unity a lot. And, and you've also said you've been seeing the word awareness a lot, too, since we started this podcast, right? Right. Now, you know, unity is one of those, there's a lot of different ways to think about it, right? In this podcast, we usually talk about the feelings that words have, you know, mm. as opposed to like our immediate definitions of them. And so it's easy to kind of think that unity feels like a Pollyannish kind of thing or a, um, uh, you know, we're all one. And the, the mind can, you know, misinterpret that. I don't like the word Pollyannish. I'm going to just be honest. I feel like a lot of times I personally try to be positive or look for, and people will say, oh, you're just, a, that's just Pollyannish. And I'm like, that is insulting to me because it's my true essence and it's what I strive and want to be and feel and to judge it and say, it's, I guess I feel like I'm going off on you because I'm just tired of people telling me that just because I'm trying to be positive and happy that, that it's being Pollyannish is, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't feel like there's unity in that word. No, I know exactly what you mean. And, and that's why I think that we can go a little bit deeper with this word unity so that it so that it isn't kind of dismissed as something that is unattainable ah and, uh, and maybe that's what i mean by polyannish that oh you know unity is a nice idea but how do you actually get there and you think it's difficult to get there when we talk about unity in the context of our kind of exploring awareness mindfulness techniques um, some spiritual journeys. But unity is kind of a realization, you know, mm. it's a deep realization that comes, you know, sometimes in glimpses, sometimes comes with a little bit of a, a long, longer experience. But, but it's part of the practice that we're doing, part of the exploring awareness practice to have a deep, sense or a deep realization of the unity of all beings how does awareness tie into unity or is it an awareness of unity so the practice of awareness when we practice the four foundations of mindfulness and we become aware of the breath aware of the body aware of the thoughts aware of the motions. And then we identify as awareness. If your awareness and my awareness and everyone else's awareness is this kind of same unconditioned place, it's, it, we're all unified in this kind of field of awareness. And so that, again, isn't something that you can necessarily think up in your mind, but by practicing the exploring awareness, using mindfulness techniques, coming to a deep sense of identification with awareness, then there can be a realization of the unity of all beings. And so, you know, you begin to realize that your, your body is made up of atoms, right? 
atoms that were created during the Big Bang, atoms that are part of the universe. Mm. My atoms and your atoms, mm. you know, are all kind of the same atoms. It's just um, come from the same place in a way. Now your atoms are organized in your body and my atoms are organized in my body and the atoms in this table many of the same atoms that are in my body are organized to form a table. <laughs> and so you start like getting this sense that, that really are you any different than, than anyone else or anything else? And that you're actually part of this whole universe, right? And it's a feeling, it's an expansive kind of realization that, your particular experience on earth with your body and then the other conditions that we're talking about are, are your history, you know, your, your childhood, how you think about things, what your culture is, why you do things the way you do, why you don't do things, how you act toward other people, how you act toward other genders and races and all these, all these learned things that you pick up along the way. I mean, these are all conditions and outside of those conditions we're all the same that is such a beautiful thought just, just lovely and you said something about an unconditioned place and i thought that's a great way to describe it it's an unconditioned place and then you went on to explain that we're conditioned by our childhood and where we grow up and our culture and if you take all that away, we're, we're all one and there's your unity. Exactly, exactly. So this practice, and, and there may be other ways too, but, in, you know, of course, this podcast, we always say the Exploring Awareness podcast is using this particular technique and this particular way of doing things to learn about a perspective shift on, on how we see ourselves and now you bring up unity and then and that perspective shift expands. And so when you've experienced or have a realization of the unity of all beings, then you realize that the things you might have taught about, let's say, how gender works, you know, how male and female interactions work, how your views on race and what you've learned about that and what society has learned about that and how there's individual racism and there's institutional racism that you get this whole perspective on how these different sets of conditions have developed but they're all conditions and outside of those conditions we're all exactly the same no matter what the conditions are so if you can move around in the world, you know, realizing that, then it becomes very easy to enjoy <laughs> lots of things that otherwise you were like fighting against or trying to protect yourself from or somehow living out the ideas and beliefs of people who were trapped in their own conditioning, right? You kind of wake up, you have a realization of the unity of all beings. And then it becomes easy and free and enjoyable to live in this world because we're all one. And just to be clear, you're saying you're equating men and women and people of all races and nationalities. Just to be clear, you're saying we're all one, no matter what 
you might think or what it looks like might divide us. Of course, because all of that is conditioning. I think, Mm. you know, gender is really interesting. You know, I'm a physician and a lot of people know, obviously, about chromosomes and woman, a a female body has, you assume it has two X chromosomes and a male body has an X and Y chromosome. But, you know, that's actually not even true. There are plenty of conditions out there where someone might have chromosomes for for a certain um, sex, but appear as the opposite gender. So, you know, just because you have XY chromosomes doesn't necessarily mean that you're a man. There's the um, condition where some people aren't sensitive to testosterone. So even though they have XY chromosome, their body develops as a female body. Hmm. So you're really breaking it down to the cellular level. Well, I'm breaking it down to conditions. In that particular case, the conditions, whether you have a XX chromosome or XY chromosome, is just a condition of your body. So an embryo looks the same as a male and female looks the same up till about five or six weeks of development. And then because of the influence of different chemicals, because of the different chromosomes, then the body develops into more a male type body or a female type body or, you know, a body that you can't really tell. So I'm just wanting to say that these are all conditions of, of, of the experience of development. So what happens when you have a person goes and gets an ultrasound and they find out they're having a boy or a girl, then they have a gender reveal party, right? And then everyone says, oh, this is a girl. So we're going to give pink and we're going to give dolls or this is a boy and we're going to give brown and we're going to give trucks. So these are the kind of really deep things that how gender gets developed in many ways is socially constructed. And then in many ways, Lots of boys act a certain way and lots of girls act a certain way because of biology. But a lot of boys will act different ways and girls will act different ways as well. So it's not it's not always black and white, not always prescribed. And that's where if we're coming from this unity perspective, those kind of things are going to be okay. If you're coming from an attached perspective, then all men have to act one way and all women have to act another way. If they don't do that, there's something wrong. Well, that's funny because when you were explaining this, I, I was thinking unity is kind of like being open-minded. If you're, oh, the more open-minded you are, the closer you are to unity, I think. Right, exactly. So how do you get to be open-minded? Hmm, you become aware. Yes, Exactly. Your mind becomes open. And we've Mm. been talking about that for the last 49 episodes when we talk about exploring awareness. You open, open your mind Mm. to being examined. And so the part of you, the awareness part of you that's looking at the mind is the part of you that's the same. And we're all the same. And so, again, it might be hard to understand, you know, intellectually, but from the practice, you can start to feel it, allow it. Yeah. Ah, that's another good takeoff. Allow it, not just feel it, but allow it. 
Mm-hmm. Allow it. Let's let's talk about that for a second, just so people can be clear. What does it mean to allow something? Is it just like being open to it, or is there more to it? Well, what do you think, Lisa? Because I know that allow experienced it. a lot of allowing and mm. falling off. How about that? I'll be honest, falling off, I'm still working on uh, allowing it. Oh, you're right. I have been working on that <laughs> or accepting it. Is allowing and accepting it the same? Yes. Yes. And letting go. Right. And we have the previous episode called letting go versus falling off. And that's why I, I said it that way. I'll I tell you, I, those are those thing, two things, accepting and letting go are so key to living a well-balanced life from what I have learned. And I understand they're not easing. You think accepting something, how, how difficult can that be? But until you really put some time and energy and focus into it, and then all of a sudden, at least for me, I was like, why wouldn't I accept it? I mean, accepting things, sometimes you're accepting some really painful, challenging things, but I am told and I am learning that when you accept it, like they, like you said, they do fall off, that it suddenly loses its power. How about that? Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. It loses so, its power. And, and one of the things we say is the only way out is through. And so if you're resisting, 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 then it's just hard. You spend a lot of energy resisting. You've got and, to hold on to old beliefs and right. patterns and things you were taught that really, they, they don't come from your own sense, from your own authenticity. They come from other people's mm. conditioning. So, you know, that's so hard because it makes up your identity, right? You're like, I am this person. And so, when you start to have these realizations of unity, that's that <laughs> it doesn't work. And so those things start to fall off. These, 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 these conditions are falling off and it's painful. And then it looks like letting go, right? But you can't let go things. You have to emerge. And as you emerge like a butterfly from the cocoon and the cocoon just falls off. And you emerge as a butterfly and all that crust and stuff is gone. What a great, what a great process. It just makes me so happy to hear you say those words and describe that. And I'm, you, I've been working on it. You've probably been looking at life this way for a long time. So I always try to think of new listeners or people who haven't been exposed to this and, and what does it sound like to them and how can, how can they have this as well? And just to accept something or allow something to say the words sounds so simple, except when you go to try to do it, you find yourself wanting to hold on. And, and then finally you get to the edge of the cliff and you, and you think, why wouldn't I accept it? So to me, at least for me, and I don't know about you, Frank, but for me, it was a process that I highly encourage everyone to, to, to try if they can. But how did that work out for you? Oh, it definitely is a process. And I think it's still an, an ongoing process. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think we could ever expect <laughs> to not have to find things to work on, to process through. And 
there's always going to be difficulties in life. I think that um, we're always faced with challenges. Challenges are occurring in the present moment. <laughs> and so when you say accepting them, you're accepting what's happening in the present moment. It is what it is. You may not like it. You may love it. It is what it is, and it isn't going to last. <laughs> so it's like, mm. what do you do with the present moment? And do you accept the present moment or do you resist the present moment? And I think that's that's one of the, we're, we're, we're always moving through life. So there's always going to be something that's going to challenge us, a death, um, a job issue, a relationship issue. And uh, facing these things head on as they are in the present moment, seeing what's really true, um, accepting that. And, and moving on, that's part of what we're talking about. That's part of the freedom in this exploring awareness, being part of the present moment. I didn't want to interrupt you, but that's our next pillow. <laughs> what? It, is, it is what it is, and it's not going to last. Well, you say these things, and it's like, it's like a lightning bolt for me to, to hear these words and how they apply so directly to my life. And I hope to other people, I mean, it's not about me. It's about all of us learning and growing, but it is what it is. And it's not going to last. They need to teach that in fifth grade. You need to learn that, you know, like you said, life is a balance. There's good, there's bad, there's love, there's hate, there's hot, there's cold, and it's not going to last. And I don't know where or how or why I thought everything always had to be perfect or calm or conflict-free. I mean, I avoided conflict at all costs. But now when you open up to the fact that that is what life really is, Maybe that's what helps me feel more unity, knowing that it's out there and it's possible for everyone once you allow things and let go and realize it is what it is and it's not going to last. And you can find that place of joy inside of yourself and be aware. You know, you, you, just, you just said it. You just said it. And we talk about exploring awareness and mindfulness techniques so that we might be in the world you know, in a more peaceful, joyous way. And this same process <laughs> brings us to a realization of the unity of all beings. And it just mm. solidifies and allows our lives to be just in sync mm. and to be part of the flow of the present moment. So it all ties in together and it all emerges from this practice that we're talking about. And so, and it can be confusing to people. I totally understand. It can be difficult and there can be resistance. And you can say, well, my mind is going too fast. or right. This is not possible for me. Or my, you have plenty of excuses. And I would like to say, stop that. Hmm. <laughs> you can easily, just even for 10 minutes, please. And just try something different than the same old mm -hmm. scripts that you've learned and that people have taught to you. Because there's this beautiful opportunity for something different. And again, a little faith, a little trust that there is something more than the 
constant chatter of your brain. I love it when you say that. You could say that every single episode and you can't say it enough, that there is an opportunity to look at life differently and experience it differently and just relax a little bit. And in this episode, we're talking about unity and how beautiful is unity. I mean, I'll go back to what I said before. What can you say negative about unity? What were you telling me earlier about an author you read recently about making the world a better place? Yeah, his name is Daniel Goleman, G-O-L-E-M-A-N. And he's a psychologist and he's big on emotional intelligence, which is knowing yourself and being aware of yourself. And he wrote a book with the Dalai Lama, who he considers to be a friend of his. And that's not a political alliance. That's a peaceful alliance. That that's their relationship. I know sometimes that Dalai Lama can be controversial for some people, and we have listeners all over the world. And so I, I want to say that. But in this case, the book is I can't remember the name, but it's it's about awareness of self awareness and and love and peace. And but he says you got to know that there are good moments and not such good moments. And the, the sooner we realize that we are all one that we are all connected, then the more peace I think you're going to feel. You know, you hear that a lot. And I think that's a hard concept for, for some people, including me, to, under, to understand how can we all be the same. But I think you've described it like we're made of the same stardust and atoms. And when you break it down, that's how we're all the same. Yeah, there's a part of us, a deep part of us that's all the same. And there are conditions in our lives that are all different. And a condition is a condition, and uh, it doesn't have a lot of meaning in the big picture. Yeah, it might have some meaning, but you give it meaning. And you know, right? Oh, you say that again, you give it the meaning, it's your decision, exactly. Exactly. And so, like these days, so much of our mental real estate seems to be occupied by stuff that that people want us to believe or, you know, mm. how to get people divided around and political things. And um, it's like the mental real estate gets spent on processing what other people's ideas are about how things ought to be. I wish that we could give half as much time to this growth, this personal growth, this personal development as we do to listening to radio and talking about politics and masks and talking about you know other people and how they're acting and i mean all of these things that we get in the habit of doing because it's around us so much i think it really distracts us from what's true and what's real that we can experience and well daniel goldman even addressed that he said that you know from caveman days man or woman had to be aware of threats because that's how they survived to know what was coming at them and so at this point in our humanity it's kind of evolved into us you know still being on alert or being aware of what's negative and what's wrong and i that has always baffled me because i don't like to look at like that life that way I try to look at what's right. And then I get back to the Pollyannish thing. I get called a Pollyanna because that's how I choose to look at it. So I don't know if I'm missing that chromosome or that link or I've out evolved that tendency. Well, I guess there's part of me that it is kind of on alert 
but it doesn't have to be your predominant feeling anymore. And I think that's when people get caught up in the news and the negative news and the comparisons to other people. And maybe you can just be aware of that and let it go a little bit. Well, that's what I think too. And I think that I'm just as guilty as other people. You know, you listen to these things and it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you go by a car wreck, you can't help but exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, these are all part of our instincts and survival. And right. Yes. Again, I'll say in our podcast and what we're discussing and what many, many thousands of people have been discussing for thousands of years is that there's a way to uh, experience our human existence in a deeper, richer way. I'm working on that and have experienced that to some degree, found a lot of peace in that. Mm. want to share that with people. And I think there's a lot of peace and unity too. There's so much opportunity for peace and unity. And so I think maybe now would be a good time to move into the guided meditation about that. Yeah. Again, we can talk about it. And, you know, I, I know people listen to this in their car and um, you can come back to the guided meditation later or pull over or, or listen. But, you know, we move from the all the talking to what's really important. And is that for us to experience this individually and then you know, let it move us and shift something inside. Not saying we're trying to fix anything. We're not, I'm not trying to change how you, what you believe. I'm not trying to change how you act. I'm not, this is, I'm not trying to fix anything here. <laughs> um, we're all experiencing our lives. There is this opportunity because you're listening to stop for a minute and see what it would be like to just be in the present moment. And in doing so, when you finish meditating, then you might move around in the world, you know, more connected to your truth. So that's the overall idea here. It is all about bringing everything in the present moment into awareness. And so if your reaction right now is, I'm too tired to do this. Um, I have too many thoughts in my head. Uh, the world is a disaster. Nothing can change it. I mean, whatever. So bringing that into awareness. And I'll ask you to put those thoughts aside for a minute. And let's pay attention to something else that's happening in the present moment. And that is, of course, 
the breath. And you might even be resistant to that. So you could bring that to awareness and say, you know what, I'm just going to try this. It doesn't make sense. It seems too simple. But there is breathing happening. That I absolutely know that everyone that's listening to this is breathing. And there's some unity right there. In this simple act, our bodies even doing it without thinking. The air pumping in and out of your body. So just stop and say, wow, this is happening in the present moment. I got to just really wind down to a point where I can feel it, appreciate it. Which may be a huge drop from what you were doing before. But maybe, maybe it feels good. Maybe it feels relaxing. For a lot of people, meditation is very relaxing at first. It's like, oh, wow. It's like, just be relieved of the mental chatter and clutter and demands of the day. Right? So just sitting with the breath. And when thoughts come, you go back to the breath. And see the breath as a your life-giving oxygen, releasing carbon dioxide. And just, this is what allows you to live. This is like the, right at the basics of life, this gift of breath. And so, so you're aware of it, right? So now you're being aware that you're breathing. Whereas before you weren't. And you can be aware that we're all breathing too. And that the awareness of breathing is kind of might be something we all share the ability to be aware so it isn't a thought about breathing it isn't a um, belief it isn't a um, ideology it's just awareness of breath and that And thoughts come, right? 
and kind of interrupt this process. <laughs> and it's making it seem really hard sometimes to just focus on the breath. And so with the same awareness that we used to notice the breath come and go, can you apply that to thoughts? Which as you know, thoughts come and go. And if you allow them to come and go, if you try to suppress them, that's just another problem. That's another thought, another mental activity. But in our meditation here, we're letting them. And if we let them just be and flow, they'll come and they'll go. Just like a a train with a bunch of cars. And sometimes those trains are long, aren't they? But eventually, kind of, you get to the last car. The caboose goes by. And you're just sitting there in awareness. Oh, then another train goes by. Thoughts are in some ways just like the breath. Your lungs breathe, your brain thinks. And see if you just can connect to that awareness that's the same for both. And if this all seems too much in your head, you know, feel into your body, feel your, be aware of your whole body here. It's part of your present moment experience. The feet on the floor and the bones and muscles of your legs and the organs in your abdomen and pelvis and your muscles of your back, your hands and arms and neck, head and face, just feeling that as part of your present moment experience. You can feel into that, feel into breath practice. Being aware of thoughts as they race by, accepting that, not judging that, right? So you keep cultivating this ability to be aware 
And then perhaps try to be aware that you're aware knowing that you know and feel into that place that's not affected by any of the conditioning of your body or your thoughts. So is there a place that just seeing your thoughts and seeing your body that maybe feels like a, a void, a, a silence, emptiness. A stillness. A, let's say, field of awareness. that sees the truth about the body, how the body's made up. How this body and someone else's body is made up of exactly the same thing. There are different experiences, different nutrition, different genetics, different life experiences. But the ability to see that is the same for all of us. the ability to see ourselves as just parts of the universe condensed in different forms and um, you know there's a sense that that we're all just part of the universe and we know the universe exists. So in a way, we are the way the universe knows that it exists. We are the awareness of the universe. 
And we can all achieve that. we want to have an intention and practice this. With the realization of the we're all one and what we do to ourselves, we do to others, and what we do to others, we do to ourselves. You know, then this sense of love emerges. You know, a sense of generosity, a sense of gratitude. sense of peace, a sense of joy that are emergent from the realization how you wouldn't have hate and division and separation and tribalism and war and fighting from this place of unity and all of that would come from old fossilized conditioning that has nothing to do with this greater sense of unity peace And so it might take some letting go of that old way of thinking that seemed so real, so important, so essential. Some paradox. Not easy, but being aware, exploring awareness, identifying as awareness, it opens up that possibility. And so keep practicing be patient, be compassionate with yourself. A lot of conditioning to look at, a lot of new situations to be present to.
lot of opportunity to experience life in a different way. And so we'll stop there and just take three deep breaths. And um, open your eyes. And go ahead and pinch yourself. And uh, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, it's like I don't want to say anything because it was so peaceful, and I don't want to break the mood. Well, we it do. is what it is, and it's not going to last. Is that what you were going to say? That's exactly right. And we have to move on to the next thing. Yep. And uh, you know, we practice like this, and uh, you get a taste, you get a feel. It seems so different, maybe. Uh, from regular life, but the more you do, mm. less different it seems from regular life. And so, right, saying the more you practice, the more your daily life can feel like a practice, right? And so, you say, Wow, some of these people are so peaceful and calm, but that's because that whole kind of they're connected to that peace and calm, it doesn't kind of get clouded over. And uh, the more we practice, the more we connect to that, the more that guides our, our daily life. So, that's the opportunity i know i don't want to call it a benefit i know sometimes you like to use the word benefit <laughs> it is a benefit i mean it's not that it's it not is benefit, but um i don't want to frame it like oh if you do this you'll get a benefit right but i, but I understand that that's a common way of looking at it but another you know the, the the another way is that there's this opportunity that we can return to where we were at the beginning through these mm. practices and that would be a benefit but it's also it's already for you it's already there and in this case there's an opportunity for unity opportunity for unity i like that as a pillow <laughs> maybe a billboard yeah even better well happy 50th episode and i'm honored and grateful to be part of this conversation and this entire series with you me too, Lisa. Yeah. Happy 50th. And if you want to email us, exploringawareness at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And thank you so much for listening. It has been great hanging out with all of you. And I hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back in touch real soon. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.